You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Having a good morning? Would you give me a wave if you can hear me? You can hear me. Can you hear me at the back? Good job. You can hear me at the back. Good to I'm glad that, unfortunately for you, you can hear me at the back. I want to look this morning at an unusual passage of Scripture. I want to look at an unusual piece from Mark's Gospel. Um, in the last couple of weeks, I was talking about Jesus, first of all, calming the storm, secondly, walking on the water. When you look at these miracles taking place in the Gospels, when you look at the miracles taking place in Mark's Gospel or in Matthew's Gospel, what's happening is this picture of Jesus is being painted. This idea or this impression of Jesus is being created and it's being related to us through the reading of the Gospels. The reason the Gospels were written was because they were taking the early oral tradition of the church, literally the story, excuse me, <clears throat> the early oral tradition of the church, literally the, written, or the spoken stories of Jesus, and they were written down so that generations to come would hear about them. They were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the whole purpose of them was to paint this picture of Jesus. And in each gospel, a different kind of angle of who Jesus is, is portrayed. In Matthew's gospel, uh, he, it, it's the gospel to the Jews. And he is displayed in, in a certain way in Matthew's gospel. I, I'll be here all day explaining it. But when we get to Mark's gospel, we're looking at Peter's perspective on the events. And we see something happening in Mark's gospel, certainly in the early part of the gospels uh, of Mark. And that is what's on display all the time is the thickness of Jesus' disciples. And when I mean thickness, I don't mean their biceps. I'm talking about their heads. They, they seem to be quite dense. They seem to be very slow on the uptake. Now, I think that the disciples' slowness on the uptake is very similar to our sometimes slowness on the uptake. And I'm a bit slow on the uptake already because I forgot to say good morning, everybody in Cafe Church. Good morning to you. I hope you're enjoying the latte, the flatte, the snappuccino, the chippuccino, the frappuccino, and all the chinos that are available down there. I hope you're wearing chinos as well this morning because that's more appropriate to Cafe Church. Anyway, the point I wanted to make was this. In Matthew's Gospel, you get this impression of Jesus' disciples being a little bit hard to get through to. And in all of, this, all of the big uh, miracles I looked at in the last couple of weeks, the walking on the water and the canyoning of the storm, it seems that the disciples were kind of going, Whoa, who's your man? As we would say in Cork, who is this Jesus guy? And what is he about? And I mean, he seems to have incredible power. In this particular miracle we're going to look at this morning, um, it's kind of an unusual miracle. It's actually unique. It's a miracle that's unique to Mark's gospel. Mark's gospel, and it's a unique miracle in itself, and we, uh, we, we'll see why in a second. This morning's message, if it will click for me, will it click for me? Has my battery died? My battery has died, I think. Let's give this one more shot. Is it working? Oh, it has clicked. Maybe it's just being lazy. Um, this no, it doesn't seem to be working. This morning's uh, message is called, thank you, Dan, you're a gentleman. Appreciate that. You're going to try and rebattery me. Would you just click it one more time for me, please, Martin? It's called Blind Sight. We're looking at a story in Mark's Gospel, chapter uh, 8, verses 22 to 26. We're going to be looking at this story. We're going to read it in a second. It's a very, very unique 
story, and you'll see why in a few seconds. Can we plow through? Can we go to the first slide, please, uh, Martin? If you would, click away. Thank you. It says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people came and brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. And again, Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village, and then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid hands on him and asked, do you see anything? Before we move on, I just want to bring attention to this first short passage of this, of this story. It says that when they arrived in Bethsaida, some people brought this blind man to Jesus. And just this morning as I was praying and as I was seeking God just early this morning and I was reading the scriptures, I really felt the Lord impress this first part, which wasn't really something I was going to focus on, on my heart. And I think it's very important to remember this. There are people in your life who have problems. There are people in your life who have situations that they simply cannot solve. There's people in your life who have problems so big that you can't help them, but Jesus can help them. Whatever the question, your friend, loved one, relative, thank you, Dan, you're a gent. Whatever, whatever problem they have, can I just tell you this? The answer is Jesus. He is the answer. And these people, hearing that Jesus was coming, brought this man to Jesus. Whenever you are bringing someone to Jesus, and when I say bringing someone to Jesus, it doesn't mean you have to grab them by the scruff of the neck and drag them into the church. It doesn't mean you have to force them to go somewhere against their will. Bringing someone to Jesus, the most effective way is on your knees to, to bring someone to Jesus, to pray and to ask God to move into their lives. There's people in your life, and I just feel this morning the Lord wants to say to you, bring those people to me. That was the wisdom of these people. They took, they took this man to someone who they felt could do something about his problem. It goes on and it says, Then Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Sometimes we need Jesus to take us by the hand. I know in my life there's been times I said, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do in this situation. I need you to take me by the hand and lead me through this situation. In the book of Genesis, in the in book of Genesis, the story of Abraham and Lot. Lot was Abraham's nephew. He's in trouble in the city of Sodom. And it says that the Lord sent angels to rescue him and his family. And even when the angels arrived, he didn't want to go with them. And it says that the angels took him by the hand and dragged him or led led him out of the city, literally had to pull him out of that situation. Sometimes we need God's hand to move into our situations and pull us out of trouble. If you're in trouble this morning, reach out your hand to Jesus and let him pull you out. Would anyone say amen? amen. I want to move on. I love it. It says Jesus. Then it says, spitting on the man's eyes, Jesus laid his hands on him and asked, do you see anything? This idea of Jesus spitting on the man's eyes is not something that kind of sits with our idea of Jesus, is it? You're kind of going, it's kind of mysterious. If I asked for a volunteer, can I, can I get a volunteer, somebody who wants to be spat on this morning? I'd like to just, just to show, no, Dennis, you're not coming up on me, kidding. You know, when you think about Jesus taking this man and he spat in his face. <laughs> he spat in his eyes. Now, he didn't hawk up a big gob, just in case you're wondering, okay? But he spat in the man's eyes. It was what was done. You've got to remember, this was a blind man. And blind people, because they don't have the sense of sight, have an extremely heightened sense 
of touch. And so when Jesus spat on him, that was a very, very effective way of getting through to this man via the sense of touch. It then says Jesus laid his hands on him. Did he put his thumbs in his eyes? Did he put his hands over his eyes? Did he just put his hand on his head? Did he kind of just hold his hand in a kind of a gentle way? I doubt it. But he definitely put his hands on this blind man who couldn't see that the hand was on its way to touch him. And so it was extremely effective. If I was to get any volunteer up here and say, close your eyes for five minutes and then begin to touch them, you know instantly that your sense of touch increases very, very rapidly. It's been shown in psychological tests that your sense of touch increases immediately. If you close your eyes for a few minutes, the part of your brain that, that activates from touch becomes extremely heightened. Then spitting in the man's eyes, Jesus said to him, do you see anything? I continue. The man looked around. Yes, he said, I can see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. And his eyes were opened. And his sight was completely restored. And he could see everything clearly. Finally, it says Jesus sent him away. Saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. What a strange miracle. I think this is a very strange miracle. Some very unique things are going on here. Jesus spitting on the man's eyes. In other ones, we hear that Jesus made mud out of his saliva and put it on the, on the eyes of another man and sent him to the pool of Siloam of a different story. But here we have this interesting one where Jesus shows up and, if you will, it appears as though Jesus kind of didn't get the full miracle done the first time. You're going to go like, like Jesus kind of had to have two bashes at healing this guy. Can, can, can you see it? Uh, I can see a bit. No, no, no. Can you, let, me, let me try harder. It was as though Jesus hadn't put in his full effort or something like that. And there's lots of commentary on this particular, on this particular story. And there's a lot of angles on why it was that Jesus did these very unusual things. One, he pulled the man out of the town, took him away from everybody else. Second of all, he spits in his eyes. And third of all, it appears as though he doesn't heal him completely at the first attempt. Now, the general consensus amongst the commentators that I read was that this is what they call an acted parable. If it's not clear in the text what's going on, we should always look at the context for what's going on. Jesus has been performing miracles with his disciples, moving around the area of Galilee. He's been feeding thousands, calming storms, casting out demons. And there's this curious incident that happens just before they get to Bethsaida. They're sailing across the lake, and I spoke about it a few months ago, so I'm not going to go into it too much. They're sailing across the lake, and Jesus says to his disciples, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And it says that they disputed amongst themselves and had this conversation saying, is he talking about yeast because we forgot to bring bread? What's the story? Is Jesus kind of now suddenly kind of old Mr. Brennan, kind of warning us that we'll have today's bread today? What, who is the, what, what's he going on about? And Jesus responds to them by firing a bunch of quick fire questions at them. And if you will, Jesus quite clearly appears to be exasperated with his disciples. He says this, do you still not understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see? Do you have ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? 
What's the story, Richard lads? We're going along in the boat. You've seen the feeding of the thousands. You've seen the dead raised and the sick healed. You've seen demons cast out and storms being stilled. I know you're wondering if I'm talking about bread. Would you come on, lads? Look, do you still not understand? Are your hearts hard? What's going on inside you? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you even remember? This was the day that Jesus with respect, got cranky with his disciples. He got frustrated with them. Now, I have a little bit of sympathy for his disciples because I kind of go on, well, Lord, in all fairness, no, like, one minute you're talking allegorically and symbolically, and the next minute you're talking literally and you mean exactly what you said. One minute you're feeding thousands with literal bread, and the next minute you're saying, I am the bread. Lord, we're trying to figure out which is literal and which is symbolic and which is allegorical, and we're trying to figure out, are you saying a parable? Are you saying a truth? Lord, give us a break, will you? I'd have to say, however, in this case, if Jesus was a pastor, he'd be thrown over the church. You wouldn't hire him. Imagine if you came in on a Sunday morning and Tom said to you, where were you until now? Don't you understand you're supposed to be ministering on the stage? What took you so long to get here? You kind of go, oh, I will, yeah. You wouldn't put up with it. And here Jesus, literally, I'm going to say this, and please don't be offended by it, because I know you want to kind of harbor this idea that Jesus was always gentle. Yes, he was always gentle, but he was also very firm. And quite clearly here he's getting frustrated by these thick disciples who are going around with him and they still don't see who he is. And he asks them a very important question. And sometimes we get asked an important question by people around us. They're looking at Jesus going, what is going on with this guy? I mean, he's kind of annoyed with us today. He's cranky with us today. And Jesus says this to them. He says, do you still not understand? Do you still not understand what's going on? And you see, there's a way that we can answer that question. I think this is really important. Because sometimes, I know it happened to me when I was in school, and it may have happened to you when you were in school or with a parent or with a boss or with someone around you, when they tell you something that may be fairly complicated or not that complicated, doesn't have to be very complicated, and then they say to you, do you understand? I remember a maths teacher trying to teach me maths. Now, trying to teach me maths is like trying to teach me the Sanskrit. I cannot possibly get my head around maths. It's just not possible. I just don't have a maths brain. And this teacher was saying to me all the time, he was teaching the class, and I'd put up my hand, and, and I would ask a question, and then the class would continue, and then I'd put up my hand again, and I'd ask another question, and he'd explain to me, and I could see he was getting a little bit more exasperated with me. And then one time I put up my hand, and the guy sitting behind me went, and then the teacher said to me, do you understand? And I said, yes. And in that moment, I didn't get smarter, I got thicker. And you see, when we say, I understand, when we don't understand, we don't get smarter, we get stupider. I don't know if that's even a word. Boys go to Jupiter to get more stupider. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, whether you've said, yeah, I understand, when you're really going, I haven't a clue what's going on. Because you don't want to come across as being stupid. But in the desire to not want to come across being stupid, you end up being even more stupid in the process. 
in that situation, I was trying to study mathematics. It's a long, long time ago. And about two weeks later, I gave up the class altogether and forgot about it. So, yeah, you, you can cry for me at home. It's okay, I managed, I, I've gotten on okay so far, thanks be to God. Do you still not understand? Lads, let's not cod ourselves and let's not try to cod the Lord. When we say, Lord, there's stuff going on in my life or in the life of others, and I don't understand what's going on. And you know, that approach, that attitude will save us an awful lot. Like when Jesus turned to the blind man and he asked him a simple question. He said, do you see anything? He lays hands on him, spits in his eyes. I just love that image. Jesus, spitting in his eyes like a kind of a Premier League footballer running up the pitch after scoring. You know the way? Anyway, he puts his hands on him. He says, do you see anything? Now, the truth of it is, we know that this gospel was not written in Ireland. Because if this gospel was written in Ireland, I think the man whose hands were laid on him, if Jesus had laid hands on an Irishman and said, do you see anything? He'd say, oh, I can see everything. Everything's fine. Yes, oh, it is grand. No, my eyes are great now. In this story, the man said, I see people walking around, but they look like trees. But if he was Irish, oh, no, no, I grand, I can see everything, Lord. I can see everything. No, it's perfect. Really? Can you honestly see? No, I'm grand. My eyes are fine. Thanks very much. Really? You're grand. Thanks very much for that. Good luck and thanks. Because he would have, if he was Irish, he would never admit it. Do you know, it's like when you go into an Irish restaurant and the person from the restaurant comes down and says to you, is everything okay for you? You see, the key word there, key words there are for you. Because if there's something wrong, it's your own problem. That's what it really means, you see. So if they come along and say, is everything okay for you? Oh, and you say, well, there's a lump of hair in my curry. They say, well, oh la la, how did you put that in there? But in Ireland, if somebody comes up to you in a restaurant and says, is everything okay for you? The answer is, yes, everything is fine. It's really, really good. Even if it isn't. You go into a German restaurant, is everything okay for you? Oh no, I better not do that. <laughs> Anybody here from Germany? And they will say, Nine. The soup is cold. The salad is hot. And the coffee is weak. <laughs> to which the Irish waitress will say, Sorry about ya. <laughs> Do you see anything? Jesus asked the man. What healed this man? His honesty healed this man. He got his full healing because he was honest. Because he was honest. He got his full healing and he didn't stumble around in the dark looking at people who looked like trees, and there's the ring of authenticity about the story. It means that he's relating something that happened to him as he became blind, as he returned from being blind. I see men walking around, but they look like trees. So he knew what a tree looked like, and he knew what a man looked like, and he knew that the fellas walking around looked like trees, and in Cork, his nickname would have been Old Tree Man for the rest of his days if he hadn't, if he hadn't been honest with Jesus. Lads, the key to our healing is honesty before God. That's the truth. I'm telling you, that's, that's the key to your healing. It's honesty before God. Lord, I know that I have made this mistake. The key to healing a relationship is honesty. Amen. 
The key to healing in this situation was the man spoke up. I like this quote by uh, an American writer. He said, this is it. Honesty is the fast way to prevent a mistake from turning into a failure. It would have been a complete failure if the guy had gone off half healed. And Jesus' intention and God's intention for all of our lives is for none of us to go around half healed. He wants to heal us completely above all, to heal us spiritually. And in the context of this acted out parable, because, you know, Jesus told parables which could contain the truth, and this is a situation that contains the truth, and this is the truth of it. We don't all see Jesus the way we need to see him. We don't all have the full picture. We are just seeing bits of him. We're seeing fragments of him. We're seeing parts of him. But God's intention is for us to know him more and more. And the lesson drawn from this acted out parable is that the disciples who were hanging around with Jesus and saw all of these miracles, when they saw all of this going on, they still didn't get him. And sometimes in our lives, brothers and sisters, we still don't get him. We still don't get him. Eugene Peterson translates this particular passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, Tom spoke about this on a Tuesday a couple of weeks ago, but this is his translation of one of the verses from it. You know, it says, no, we see as though in a mirror darkly, but then we shall see face to face. This is how he translates it. He says, we don't see things clearly. We're skin squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. We don't exactly see the full revelation of Jesus as we need to see him. What we need to be saying is, Lord, I want to know you more. That's what Paul prayed, to know the power of the risen Christ and to know him even in his sufferings, to become like him, he said. He said, I want to know Jesus more because the more I'm fixed with him, the more I see him, the less I see of myself. The more I look to him, the less I am taken up of what's going on with me in here. And he says, we don't see things clearly. We're, we're, we're squinting through a fog. And I like this idea that, you know, even our future, I referred to it a couple of Tuesdays ago. You know, we have this idea that, you know, the future is, 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 is ahead of us. And Paul says that, he says, we live by faith, not by sight. We're trusting that God has our backs when we drive around that corner. If you were on that country road, you can, you know, you're driving the road. Now you're fairly sure the road is going to continue as you go around the corner. You don't think all of a sudden the road is going to stop. You just think, you know, the road is going to go. But you'll only ever see a little bit into the future. And sometimes that's like it is for our lives. We only see a little bit into the future. Just a little bit of what's coming up next for our lives. We're not seeing the whole picture all the time. No more than we are seeing the whole picture of Jesus. Because if we saw the whole picture of Jesus completely, we would do what John does in the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 1, when he saw Jesus, it said, I fell at his feet as though I was dead. Because I saw the real deal in Jesus. I saw the real deal. Do you want to know God more? Do you want to know Jesus more? I want to know Jesus more. I want to know more of what he's like. Moreover, I want to have this sense that's going on in my life, this sense of, of um, obscurity in my life being cleared. The book of Psalms says this. I like this. It says, The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter unto the full, until the full light of day. The way that you are going 
if you keep following Jesus, is becoming brighter and brighter. Paul says, though our bodies are getting older and older, inwardly we're being renewed. We're becoming new inside. The road you're walking and following Jesus is going to get brighter and brighter. Or on the flip side, it says this. It says, but the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they're stumbling over. If you will, for those who are following Jesus, those who know the Lord, the sun is coming up in their lives. For those who don't know him, the sun is going down in their lives. They're heading into further darkness. But you and me, brothers and sisters, know we are heading into brighter times. Would anyone say amen? The future is good because the sun is rising in our lives. It's shining brighter and brighter until the full light of day. Paul's writing to the Ephesians. He writes to the Ephesians and he writes this fantastic chapter one. And his prayer this morning would be my prayer for me and those for those around me. This would be the prayer that I would pray. He says this. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. The spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Does anybody want the spirit of wisdom and revelation in their lives? I want that spirit of wisdom and revelation on my life. I want this blind sight of mine to become clearer. I want to have a clearer and better picture of Jesus Christ. And I want to pray this morning as we finish. I'm going to ask the band to come up. I want to pray this morning that we would experience that spirit of wisdom and revelation. That in knowing him better, that in being living truthfully with him, we will grow and actually become more like him. I want to pray for three things. We're going to sing a song in a second. Three things I want to pray for. One, that you want to, do you want to bring someone to Jesus? Do you need to lead someone to Jesus Christ this morning? Is there a blind person in your life who needs to be led to Jesus Christ? We want to bring that person before the Lord this morning. The second thing is, do you need God to take you by the hand and take you out of a situation? Are you stuck? Do you need God to move in and help you out of a situation? And thirdly, I want to pray that we would have that spirit of wisdom and revelation that it would fall on our lives, fall on our hearts, and fall on our minds for all of our lives. Amen? Will you stand? We're going to sing. We're going to sing a song that we've been doing for a while, but I just love it. It's called Our God. Water you turned. Water you turned into wine. You opened the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. None like you Our God is greater Our God is stronger God you are higher than any other Our God is healer Our servant power Our God Our God Our God is greater Our God is stronger God you are higher than any other our God is healer, awesome in power, our God.
someone you want to bring to Jesus this morning? Is there a blind person? Somebody who is spiritually blind and you want to bring them to the Lord this morning? If there's somebody you would bring, would you raise your hand? You're here this morning and you need the Lord to take you by the hand and pull you out. I'm going to ask you just keep your hand up. You're here this morning you need you need the Lord to take you by the hand and take you out of that situation. If you want to pray that this morning, would you raise your hand? See your hands. And finally, I want to pray very simply that we would experience the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know Jesus more. Would anyone say amen? Can I say, if you've raised your hand to any of those three, can I invite you just to come to the front for a moment? We're going to pray briefly. I've been short this morning. We're just going to pray briefly. I'm going to ask you to come up as we sing. We're going to pray for those people. We're going to pray for ourselves. And we're going to ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to fall on our lives this morning. Water you turn. Water you turn into mine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. You are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God. I just ask you just to push forward just a small bit so people behind you can pull. Sometimes we need to bring someone to Jesus. We need to say, Lord, this, my friend, my brother, my son, my sister, my mother, my father, is blind. Would you open their eyes? Let's lift those people before the Lord now. Let's raise them up as though symbolically in our hands. I don't have enough hands to raise for this one. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, would you move in healing power on the lives of these people that we love and long for? Would anyone say amen? Lord, we bring them before you in all of their ways. Lord, we ask you, a bit like Lot perhaps, Lord. We pray that you would send an angel into their situation to pull them out by the hand, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would send an angel into their circumstances to take them by the hand. It may not be us, Lord. We have can offer our prayers or our words, but we ask you, send your angels into their situation and drag them by the hand, Lord, from the danger that they're in, Lord. Whether that's a physical danger or a spiritual danger, Lord, would you bring them out, we pray in Jesus' name. Lord, for those of us who are here this morning, and our prayer, Lord, is that we ourselves need to be pulled out of a situation. Do you need to be pulled out of a situation this morning? Would you raise your hand before the Lord? You need to be pulled out of a situation. Lord, sometimes our own strength departs us, Lord. Sometimes in the face of fear or circumstance or situation, our own strength departs us, Lord. 
And so we ask you, Lord, would you take us by the hand and take us to be alone with you, Lord? Would you take us by the hand and pull us out of our situation, Lord? Lord, we're not looking to be beamed up, but we are looking to be taken out of that situation, Lord. The one that we feel trapped in this morning. The situation that we feel we can't get out of without upsetting loads of people or ourselves going into danger, Lord. Would you move in and take us by the hand and lead us in your way this morning, Lord Jesus. And for all of us, Lord, I pray like Paul prayed, Lord. Lord, that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you more. Would you raise your hands for that prayer? No matter wherever you are in the hall, if that's your prayer, would you raise your hands? Lord Jesus, we want to have that spirit of wisdom and revelation to fall upon us, Lord, so that we would know you more, Lord. I pray that for those of us who are here this morning who can only half see, Lord, would you heal our eyes in Jesus' name? Lord, would you heal our spiritual eyes? Would you give us a greater vision of how powerful you are in our situation? Would you give us a greater vision of how strong you are in our situation? Would you give us a greater vision of who you are to stem our storm, to walk on our sea, and to open our eyes, Lord Jesus? Lord, we don't walk by faith. And we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith this morning, Lord. Lord, because sometimes what we see before us isn't very pleasant. It can be very challenging. But this morning we say we walk by faith and not by sight. Lord Jesus, would you give us that spirit, Lord? Let it fall on us right now. In Jesus' name, Lord, let that spirit of wisdom and revelation fall on us, Lord. Lord, as we open your word, let that spirit of wisdom and revelation fall upon us. As we listen to your word being spoken, or your word being sung, or worship songs being lifted up, or as we go into prayer, may that spirit of wisdom and revelation fall upon our heads, upon our minds, upon our hearts, upon our understanding, Lord, to see you better, to know more what you are doing in our lives and in our situations. Lord, we commit our way into your hands. Can I ask everyone, let, as we close, let's raise our hands in prayer this morning. Let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, we commit our times. Your word says our times are in your hands. Lord, I pray this week we would be very conscious of that fact, Lord. That our times are in your hands, Lord. That we're not the captains sometimes of our own destiny, but Jesus is the captain of our destiny. Lord, I pray this morning, this morning that as we go into the coming week, we would realize that whatever it is that we face, Jesus is greater. Would anyone say amen? amen? Whatever trouble we face, Jesus is greater. Whatever question we may ask, Jesus is the answer. Lord, would you move in healing power? Move in providing power. Move in protecting power in our lives, on us and on the ones we love, this week, in Jesus' name. And may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause His face to shine on us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up the light of His countenance on us and give us His peace. In Jesus' name and God's people said aloud, Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Tea and coffee is being served upstairs for the next while before the start of the next service. The guys are going to lead us up with a song. May God bless and go with you. Don't forget we're here again on Tuesday night at 7.30pm for Night Church. Amen. Oh.
Uh-huh. 